The Lave Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 364 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, and joining me in the Orient Sidewinder Bar for this episode are um, our head... No, our... <laughs> oh, you know what, can I just start that again? <laughs> That's a lot of people in the background... All <laughs> just yelling at me. We'll let you start again. We know you're missing Ben, really, Colin. So it's the, that's what it's, it was. It's the perils of live radio. Oh, right. So, just ignore the last 30 seconds. Right. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 364 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our uh, Chief's Liaison Officer, uh, Commander Psykit. Hello. Hello. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, we also have, our, uh, as our uh, replacement today, our inflatable trader, Commander Mac Winston. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and also, we'll have to thank Commander Ventura. Well, not have to thank. We're very grateful for Commander Ventura uh, to be doing the tech for this evening. Not a problem. Yes. Right. Well, um, if you wish, you can. Well, is there anybody actually playing live today? Yes. At the moment, yes. So no, but I don't have a feed from you, so nobody will be seeing. Anywhere near live station. Well, if that if that's the case, I'm afraid you'll f- probably just have to join us here at the radio station, um, which you can uh, join at the Twitch chat channel if you access through laveradio.com uh, slash live. Click on the live chat or go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or YouTube, look up Live Radio, or even Facebook, where we do... Radio. <clears throat> right. We'll just have a quick 
chat with everybody who's on the team today and uh, see how they're doing. So, Psychic, how have you been? I've been, I've been good. I've been good. Um, doing lots of um, Halloween-related activities. Um, uh, playing, um, coming second in Psychical's Eurovisual Song Contest, which was fun. And um, then doing uh, Halloween Dungeons and Dragons, which was also very fun. Lovely. Uh, Commander Shan. Oh, let me see. Um, in game, I've been doing a bit of testing of um, Update 8, but we'll come to that later, no doubt. Um, let me see. Uh, out of game, um, youngest Mini Shan came home for the weekend and uh, declared he was going to be learning Russian as part of his uh, army training. Um, and he showed it's quite interesting because he showed us some examples of what they're teaching them in his Russian course. And you know how normally when you learn a language, you sort of ask, like, which is the way to the station or can I have a beer or what's on the menu, sort of things like that. Well, uh, apparently the British Army uh, teaches its soldiers to uh, say things like, hands up, surrender, drop your weapon, and down on the ground in Russian instead. Oh, so basically, show me the way to your nuclear vessels. Uh, no? Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. And uh, for, for, those who, um, for those who asked, uh, Hobbes, Test some subject beta failed a test this week. Oh, so he's gone back into re-education. Oh, is this the the Schrodinger's cat? No, no, it was it, it was um, it, it failed the food obedience test. So it's going to have to be starved for a day or so, so it learns <laughs> not to steal food. Oh, I see. Stealing food, I see. Psychic, you you said that there was something extra you wanted to do in game. No, no, I, I just have been in game as well. <laughs> I, do, I do play Elite Dangerous as well. I don't just come here and talk about it in various different platforms. I've also, I've also, I've also played it. But just, just to circle back around, just to clarify, you're not actually going to starve your cat, Shan. Just to. <laughs> Well, I'm awfully quiet. It, it's my I cat. I can do what I like to it, can't I? Uh, cool. Well, that was your weekly animal abuse segment. Perfect. Good to know. No, 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 no. But being, being serious, he's actually a bit overweight because we've been feeding it too much, apparently. Um, to, to, to be a healthy cat, you're supposed to just about feel the ribs when you run your hand out along its side. And we can't feel its ribs. So um, you're supposed to feed a kitten three times a day. Um, but we reckon it's not really a kitten anymore, so we're cutting out a meal. Excellent. Um, okay. <laughs> Commander Winston, welcome back. Hello. How's, yes. how's, how's things with the East India Trading Company? Oh, very good. I, this, this, I, I recently, because I haven't really done it, um, I decided to leave the comfort of my Imperial Cutter behind and actually go out and find out what this walking around malarkey is all about. So I always like to try new things, not in company time. So I, I go somewhere in the Federation, find a faction I don't like and, and do missions to them because I know I'm going to fail the first few. 
So uh, off I went. I thought, oh, this is a little bit of petty crime. Let's do some petty crime. So I took on these theft missions, and off, off I went to some godforsaken planet somewhere. I uh, went down to this, went down to the surface, um, got off, uh, had a wander around the base. Anyway, um, I, I bought these 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 um, e breaches off this dodgy guy on on Harvest Port to take with me, and and so I, I sort of wandered around this thing and tried to try to break into. Anyway, this it was crawling with guards, and this guy sort of scanned me, and then he was very friendly at first, and then suddenly he became very unfriendly. And the Benny Hill music started as I was suddenly chased by about 12 angry men with with rifles who all started shooting at me. So you were chased by 12 angry men with a weapon out. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden I was hit, and then I woke up two days later in jail and I had to pay 10,000 credits before they'd let me go. So that was not a triumph. So I thought, well, I'll try it again. So I chose another hapless faction. Um this time it went better because I decided that the, the best way of not being seen was not to be scanned. So I sort of snuck around the base this time and broke in and got the uh, got whatever the the, the, the the genetic sample, whatever it was I was supposed to be stealing. I uh, So off I went. Uh, and then all of a sudden a guy, again, a guy scanned me. I thought, now I'm in trouble now because I've got this 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 thing i stolen and so i just ran for it and again benny hill music started this time however i remembered my suit had shields so i turned them <laughs> on uh and i i sort of i managed to get back to my ship and i flew around with all sorts of weapons shooting at me uh and that was a triumph so i made note there great huge success and then docked at the station from promptly forget forgot to turn in my stolen gear and failed the mission anyway because it timed out so anyway, um, but now I, I basically know what I do. As, as a bit of a relief, I decided to uh, go and uh, go into the VR suite of my Imperial Cutter and play this game called It's Not Just a Game, It's Real Life, where you play the part of a 21st century Java programmer working for a small company in the Isle of Man. And uh, I, the graphics are great. And they've got the haptic thing down as well because... Today I played it, and I have this contraption called a bicycle to get around on. And if you've not been on a planet with an atmosphere and weather and native life, you'll discover it has something called rain and cold. And I got soaked to the skin. So anyway, it's much better back in 3307, you know, in real life, where it's dry and warm. <laughs> Apart from the, the constant cold death of space that's just outside yes. of the screen. Yes. Um, Chan. Um, yes, I, I, since we have no Ben this week, um, I want to suggest that we declare this show another malarkey-free zone. I can't do two in a row. It's not happening. Well, I'm afraid to say, um, as much as you wanted it malarkey-free, when I listened back to it, the guest, uh, Mr. Alec Turner, was certainly full of, full of malarkiness. So I'm afraid... You've, we failed last week, Shan. I don't know. Oh, well, I think we need to have another go this week. Well, we we, we shall see. We shall see. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What have I been up to? Well, obviously, update eight dropped, so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, but unfortunately, most of um, the weekend was taken up screwing. So I and IKEA um, wardrobe together. And IKEA wardrobe together. Sorry. Um, I should have turned over my page at the right moment. Um, yes, I now have a you massive... You did that on I, purpose, didn't you? 
Me? No. Uh, Listen, I know last how... week, last week's show was an excellent example of mature, sensible, no, positive discussion. Yes, you was. <laughs> and you and without a Ben, the hope was yes. we would keep that same level of maturity. <laughs> Okay, let's let's continue on. Yeah, most of the time I've been um, assembling furniture from IKEA. So at the moment, I have to say my wrists are very tired. Okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you just go at it for so long. I know, I know. It, it, it's, it's, that, it's that constant screwing action when you have to kind of... Um, it's, it's, it's the wrist action is just overwhelming yeah. at some times. <laughs> oh, oh, what the heck, Colin? Are you blind yet? And, and then, then when you, <laughs> and and then then when you've got the glue joints, you get it goes all over the place. You know, it squirts out the. Uh, is know. this the white? P- is this the white PVA glue? Yeah, uh, I didn't have to worry about that. It was, it was just purely playing with nuts, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah. Um, update eight. I've also been doing a bit of Final Fantasy fifteen um, because I've uh, discovered this thing called um, Comrades, which was supposed to be its its multiplayer version of it, but it works just as well as a single player, and it's actually surprisingly good. So um, I've been getting back into that. So um, I think we shall leave the um, uh, <laughs> the other comments aside and uh, move on to the development news well there's been an awful lot happening in the last week obviously update 8 came out on Wednesday and we've had um, two in fact actually three patches really since uh, since it's it's release um, there's still a few outstanding issues which uh, the development team are looking into so we're now at update 8.02 client side um, so I'll just going to go around the uh, the crew and ask them some important questions of you know what was expected for this patch um, first of all the big one did it boost your performance yes Mac, yes, go on then, Mac. How how much performance did you get? Because I know I, I got tons. I have an old video card. I have a GTX 980 uh, on account that any video card now, only the premium ones available for stupid prices, and I'm not prepared to pay for them, so I'm sticking with the 980 for a while. So, yeah, um, the trouble is on a 980 sort of, planet side in a settlement it was dropping down to 17 fps which is just a little bit slow mm-hmm. i'm now getting 25 or 26 which is actually a vast improvement with that old hardware um elsewhere i mean that's just like yeah a busy planet planetary area so it's, it's now actually sort of become playable uh, i don't have the i don't have everything turned down to low because i'm quite prepared to sacrifice i the, the way i look at it is a uh, you go to a cinema a cinema is 24 frames per second so therefore so long as i'm not trying to do twitch reflex stuff yeah meh, i can i can deal with that uh, so yeah it has made a has made a worthwhile improvement it's made a quite a big improvement in station so like when docking it was getting down to around 20 fps it's now running about 45 which is way better um which makes fa off a lot easier fa off landings 
Although there is still a curious um, it, a bug that arrived with Odyssey. If you turn off, I have I I have rotational correction turned off, and if you have rotational correction turned off and flight assist off, when you go to land, as you get close to the pad, everything judders like crazy. It's 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 not a frame rate thing. It's a um, I I suspect it's a frame of reference thing and it's the way it's calculating the rotation of the station and your position relative to it so everything it's like you it's like you're on a shaker platform it's it's kind of odd so um anyway that that's really that's really the only major issue left uh, i i find in terms in terms of uh flying into stations and I can get I can work around that just by turning off turning on rotational correction uh, oh. but yeah it has it has it has made a worthwhile improvement I'm hoping there'll still be more to come uh, it's just yeah. unfortunate it's really unfortunate that Odyssey dropped when we're in a massive drought for reasonably priced graphics cards to be honest uh, yeah that is that is one of the uh, things that uh, <laughs> is one of the ongoing issues with it. Um, Shan, what did you think about the FPS improvements? Um, or did you, did you even get any? I didn't get any change. Um, I, I haven't had an issue with FPS on my particular system. Um, although as a general comment from what I, I was seeing, so am I right in thinking they're still aiming for 30 FPS as an average? The 30 FPS is supposed to be um, the base level for the minimum spec. So if you've got more than 30 FPS, well, actually on your card, you're, the FPS should be quite fast, shouldn't it? It should be quite high. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking just in general, the 30 FPS um, feels a little bit like uh, the two degrees at COP26 because 30 FPS for a shooting game is, in my view, not really playable. It's 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 no, it should be 60. It should be 60 to be smooth and whatnot. So I'm a bit concerned about console performance. To be hmm. fair, but I mean, I think it's, I'm going to the point that not everyone can spend the amount of money on graphics cards and PCs. So we have to look at what the average um, FPS is. And I would suggest, based on anecdotal reports, it's still below the 30 FPS on, on, on average. I mean, it jumps up, but then it spiked down a bit again. So there's still got a way to go, I think. Okay. Um, it's like it. Initially, mm -hmm. yes, I thought, oh, yeah, this is a lot better. And I did a couple of conflict zones where I was getting um, around the 30 around the 30 FPS mark and it mm -hmm. was buttery smooth. And I was like, oh my God, I can hit stuff. Um, and this was the first day. So the, well, well not the first day because I, I didn't play on Wednesday, but the first day was uh, that I played was a Thursday. And then I got um, the, there was that bug where you had the recoil bug. Oh, is that the um, one where you just shuddered well, everywhere? Every, you were shuddering everywhere. And, um, that made me feel physically sick. And then it was like, just wonderful. Um, but 
progressively it started like FPS started to get worse and there were little little sort of like niggly bits um th- things that it's it's one of those things where we always sort of expect it when we have when we have a patch we're like are they going to patch the patch anytime soon and they've patched it what three times now two times now yeah um but um from what i've been people that I've been speaking to and people who have been dropping by, it really hasn't been a, um, oh, it's the graphics card thing. Yes. It it, it tends to be, it doesn't really matter what your graphics card is. You can have the best rig in the world and you're getting, you can be spending thousands and thousands of pounds on your, um, on your computer and you're getting the same as somebody who's playing on um, a decent spec laptop, for example. Mm. Yes, I've I've heard about this. Um, we've had people with um, uh, what was it, thirty seventies, thirty eighties, saying that they were getting horrendous uh, frame rate issues. Yet, like uh, Mac was saying on his his old nine, what was it nine eighty? Yeah, G six nine eighty. You're getting a, a reasonable uh, a reasonable performance. I mean, I've I've got the same with my mind. Um, a 1050, which, you know, is, is, it's more than enough for Horizons, but um, for Odyssey, it's not. Uh, but the performance that I've uh, had has been good enough to go from low to mid quality. And I'm still getting more than 30 FPS, even in compact, in conflict zones, which I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I mean, <laughs> maybe this is because I've been... Um, the FPS I've been playing for for absolutely ages. We used to play Bloom and Quake at like five or um, yeah, it's really ten or fifteen FPS that I'm used it's to. It's really so. reminiscent of old school Counter Strike days for sure. Um, but the counter argument to that is: should it really be in 2021? You know. Yeah, yeah but the, the the main issue that I've got is that they said there's going to be a significant improvement. I found there was. But am I the only one in that seems to find this? I think it's for me. It's really situational. Mm. Um, there are there are times when I see walking around concourses. There is absolutely imp- an improvement. Yes, but definitely. for me, there is definitely improvement walking around concourses. You can see it on the. <laughs> I, I I don't tend to have the FPS counter up very often because I find that I am like hyper fixated on it. Um, yes. So um, t- turning it off means that I don't really notice quite as often as when the frames are particularly low. However, um, I have noticed a marked improvement in um, in concourses. Also, yes. megaship concourses are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come to them in a minute. I know. I just wanted to see right now. Yeah, I mean, I must... I must admit, walking around the planetary, the one issue that I did have was walking around a concourse on a planetary base, whether it was an outpost or whether it was one of the big ports, that always used to just dump itself down to about 10 frames a second for me in the old versions in 7. And then all of a sudden in 8 comes along and it's it's buttery smooth. It really is. And fair play to it. Now, um, one of the things that they said about update 9 is that... um, the one thing that they're still to op- optimize are the character NPC animations, which does kind of mean that if when you think about it for conflict zones, we've got a lot of people running around, a lot of NPCs running around being animated. That does need optimization. 
Anyway, Shan. I was going. I was going to ask just a general question: of Do we feel as though we are close to being playable on a console in terms of FPS and progress? I mean, I'm. I'm I've been thinking there've been nine updates, each of which have been performance related. So how much closer do you think we are to being able to run on a console? And I, I realize there's all sorts of console-specific optimizations you can do. Mm. But from what I'm hearing, I'm quite worried about the console release. You know what? I This is, this is just my opinion, is that um, I think we're going to... There's probably going to be another couple of updates for the PC, which will probably take us up to Christmas. By Christmas, if they keep on this level of improvement i reckon that they'll get there i think that's incredibly optimistic do you yeah yeah i do um i was gonna say probably march april may around that time i think that's when we would see it it, it and that it and that is optimistic on my side wow i mean to be fair i mean if we're saying 30 fps on beast pcs is is the what they're aiming for it's going to get crucified in reviews at 30 fps on consoles yeah they've got to be able to at least get 45 on a gtx 980 i think which apparently is the card that david braben has so if they can uh, get the boss's pc to be doing 45 fps in a busy situation <laughs> it didn't say how many 980s he's running it on yes uh, that was the problem, isn't it? Actually, he said, "Oh God, if I can't, I can't remember the exact, um, the exact wording." Is that he's got a nine eighty in his machine, and and they need to run it at at least thirty fps. I mean, what's the equivalent of an Xbox graphics card wise? Is it twenty sixty or something? No, it's it's about nine eighty ish, isn't it? Oh, is it? Xbox One is equivalent to a GTX 750. Oh, seriously, a 750? Uh huh. Um, Xbox One X is the equivalent to a GTX 1060. Um, base PS4 is a GTX 750 Ti. Is the equivalent from what I'm just reading here, and that's the first answer that I've got. So, wow. Now, well, that's that's going to be interesting. Yeah, they've still got, they've got a long road ahead of themselves. Right. Well, I, I take it back because I thought that it was a lot further. The, you know, the graphics were a lot more advanced on the consoles. Obviously not. Oh, well. Right. Well, moving on. Yes. Uh, moving on from there. I mean, obviously, they've, they've got new missions included in this. Uh, these are the new delivery missions and the, the new smuggling missions, which you, you talk to someone or deliver something to someone instead of actually um, stealing from crates. Uh, has anyone played those? Yes. How did you find them? I, I really, I liked them the first couple of times that I did them, but what I would really, really like mm -hmm. is to go down and um, pick up a package or go and deliver a package to a person um, mm. and, and have them say, oh, mate, while you're here, would you mind offing this bloke around the corner? So um, a chain mission then? Yeah, those kind of things would be really cool. Mm. Well, it's funny you should mention that because that was something that they said in Update 9. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll come on to that later. I mean, I've I've been playing quite a few of them and I quite like them, even though at the moment their lips don't move. <laughs> 
They're telepathic. It's new. Yeah, it's obviously, it's obviously tele- uh, telepathy or something like that. It's, but it's like Luaxana Troy, you know, talking to talking to a daughter. You know, she sort of stands there looking regal, and the words just sort of drift across. I've likened it to a Godzilla movie. Yeah, where the dubbing is all wrong, or, or maybe, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe Squid Games with the sound off or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but the actual game, the actual—I uh, mean, the, the variations of go to this crate and or steal from this crate. But I just quite like the fact that you can, uh, <laughs> you actually talk to to people. Um, has anybody encountered the new wrinkles in the missions yet? You know, where the the your assassination target runs away, or um, you're attacked by bounty hunters due to uh, what you've done on the ground. I haven't. No. No, me either. No, no, I haven't. Uh, I I haven't actually come across any. Mostly because I haven't actually done any of the uh, <laughs> any of those kind of missions. I don't think um, I saw one the other day when I was specifically looking for missions. I I don't think I don't think I had an assassinate a lad mission. It was all go and see this person and pick up the thing directly from the human. Mm. No, I mean I've, I've been looking for them. Uh, but um, every time I come across them, I've, I've ch- kind of chickened out. I don't know. I don't know why. Before this one, I've, I've been I've been perfectly fine to do them, but now I'm a little bit. Ooh. Anyway, um, now the one of the big ones that was this that that came out this update was the megaship concourse. Now, um, Psychic, you've walked around it. What was your impressions? I thought it was really really smooth. I was very impressed with the um, with the frames, um, and we had um, yeah. It was I thought it was really cool. I like the fact that it was laid out differently, and that it was it was a new space to discover. And it made me think, oh, they really need to have had add some more differentiation to the um, Coriolis concourses. That would be mm-hmm. very nice, please. Um, I haven't. I haven't been in one of the ones where you can see the rotating, um, the rotating bit on or outside the window. I worry that that is going to make me seasick. Ooh, right. Okay. Has anyone tried it in VR? Because usually, if you're going to be seasick, it'll be in VR. Oh, there's a there's a sore subject, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> No, uh, no one will have tried. Well, I suppose on the big the big VR screen, it will be a bit. Well, what you can do is go in the external camera and then manoeuvre it in front of your face, so it's where your eyes would be, and that's that's kind of a hacky way of getting the on foot VR working because you get full VR if you go into the uh, if you go into the external camera. Um, I thought they were they um, they actually did something to the external camera to stop you doing that. No. Oh, right. So you can still do that. But, yes. Yeah. And if they do that, then there's going to, well, at least, at least I don't think they do. I haven't tried my, because the performance issues, I've not tried my VR headset no, with Odyssey in some time. But as far as I know, they haven't done that. And actually to actively do that would be, that's, that seems to be on the verge of spite, really, to, if, you, if you see what I mean. <laughs> Um, but uh, so I don't think that I, I I would hope they wouldn't do that. Yeah, 
And uh, it's like, yeah, I did see that you tried out the escape pods. I did. <laughs> I I wanted there to be time. I want, and I know that's silly, but it feels like it, at the moment it feels like fast travel, and it's almost as if you've died, and you go to like the what will essentially be the rebuy screen, and you just well, I, did I go to the rebuy screen? Lots have happened this week, but I just sort of like rematerialized in glass uh, in my um, uh, the station I was in previously, and it was just a bit weird. Did you lose anything? Oh, I mean, no. was it the equivalent of a death, or you? Well, you've you've done better than me because I keep whenever I get that death screen, I keep rematerializing in prison. <laughs> and I have wonder, to pay I... and have to pay ten thousand credits for the privilege of being able to book a walk oh, through that... and book a taxi. Can I can? Dear Frontier, can I please order my ship to the the um the uh what's it called the the detention facility, please? That would be lovely. Uh, yes, um, have to take taxis, don't they? I don't. I don't want to have to pay for a bloody taxi to get back. Um, I I would say I would like to try out getting to a mega ship with like a bounty or notoriety and then using one of the escape pods and see if it redirects me or if I get eaten by a Thargoid. Easy Uh, way to test that. (laughs) Somehow I thought you'd say that. Um, Chan, what's your impression? Uh, Well, I was going to ask the question, um, how many mega ship interior types are there? One. Well, don't, there's only one, so it doesn't matter yeah, what the megaship Wells, type is. Yeah, it's the Wells class uh, megaship. So if you come across a Wells class megaship, normally that's the only one you can really land on, uh, and also um, uh, you can walk around the concourse. But the megaships that are at the moment around the Thar, where the Thargoids are attacking, you know, the rescue megaships, you can't walk around them. Right. So has that got? A sleepy Pete. I haven't seen a sleepy Pete there. No, it's got to be a sleepy Pete. I mean, he's like the constant of the galaxy. <laughs> Where I mean, you go, you go to Colonia. There's sleepy called? Pete, and he's following you around. You know, what's, what's the female equivalent? Sleepy Petra. Sleepy Petra. Well, I see a sleepy Petra at Lave Station yesterday, and they they don't seem to be permanent. They seem to change. Mind you, Sleepy Pete did remind me of a certain US president yesterday at the COP26 conference. There we go. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the one of the the one of the things that I was looking forward to was actually emotes, and I have been emoting left, right, and centre all over the place. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I actually saluted one of the the NPC guards who saluted me back. I thought that was oh, quite cool. cool. <laughs> that was quite cool. I was friendly with him, so obviously he wasn't shooting me at the time. Otherwise, that's you know. a new thing to try. Can you can you insult the guards through emotes? No, but you know how last week we were wondering how long it would be before someone would come up with a a way to make those emotes rude. Yes. Yes. Well, someone did it within forty five minutes. So what did they do? Since we are, since we have now. Since, since I've now been usurped in my request for no malarkey, what was the gesture? <laughs> Apparently, um, oh, Nick came up with this one. Um, what you do is you crouch up behind someone uh, about an arm's length away, and then you 
trigger the wave emoji emoji, and it does look as if you're caressing their buttocks. Oh, that's the goose emote then. Yes. So, so basically, that took them about forty-five minutes to work out, and uh, yeah, I'm quite sure that the uh, the imagination of the uh, elite dangerous community will come up with new and more interesting ways. You see, this is where Ben has missed these last couple of weeks because I'm sure he would have got in 40 minutes rather than 45. <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, yes, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, Psychic, how have you been enjoying the emojis? Have you been socialising with other people? I've been um, recreating Spider-Man memes all over the galaxy <laughs> and um, I had I had Mr. Goatee. I um, I stepped away from my computer for one second and put on my beautiful my beautiful be right back screen and stepped away and he was photobombing while I was while I was away and that was pretty cool because he was genuinely waving at the camera which I thought was awesome. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a really fun addition and I adore the fact that you can wave at your ship and it buggers off. That's my favourite. But also the sarcastic clap is my other favourite. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be genuine applause, but it comes across as the golf clap, doesn't it? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I take it neither of um, you other guys have actually found the need to use the emotes. Not yet. I've just set up the keybinds while you've been talking, and I've accidentally hit launch instead of disembark because I was going to try them out. <laughs> so I've got to fly out the station and come back in again before I can try them out. I'll just combat log and you'll appear back in the station. All right. Excellent. Um, right now, finally, um, I have to ask this. Uh, Shan, are you disappointed that people can escape megaships and by extension? what will be coming will be the fleet carriers. Um, yes, I am. However, I did read a bug report, I think it was on the forums this week, where people couldn't. They got trapped inside the mega ships and inside the carriers and couldn't escape. So <laughs> if they know how they did that, then fine. But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that we should be able to trap people inside ships because it's all emergent content, isn't it? It is. So you know why can't why can't we just lock Ben away, for example, and just not let him out? Because then we'll end up with bad publicity, just like they had with the slave traders. Remember? Yeah, I was going to mention that the people who took who uh, took people on carriers to mine for them and then stranded them. That wasn't me. Yeah, we we know, as even though we think you'd protest too much, but <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I, on a serious gameplay. I do think I do think that you shouldn't be able to trap people inside a thing and deprive them of their of their gameplay because it's a free time and you know it's 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 incredibly frustrating. However, from a fun point of view and a laugh point of view, you should be able to do that. You should be able to set your carrier as a detention ship, and then when people get a bounty, they appear on your character as carrier as if it's a jail a detention ship and then they pay you to get released from it yeah okay. you know, like, I, I hope you, frontier are taking notes here then we could do this you know how like the usa has for-profit for prisons well we could have a for-profit prison on our fleet carrier 
Exactly. So it's a module you buy and fit to your carrier, and then bad people get shipped to your prison cells and have to pay you to be uh, let out and have the privilege. Exactly. Of otherwise, exactly. otherwise, yeah, exactly, exactly. Otherwise, you impound their ship and can sell it. That'd, that'd be quite. That'd be quite good. And then, then you go around and you 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 go and open play and get try and get people in trouble so they get casted off to your prison ship. Yeah, because I mean, the thing is, though, you could use the BGS to manipulate the crime and punishment system so that people of the faction that you were associated with were the law and order. So there we go. Emergent gameplay using the BGS to create your own prison ship needs to be a thing. Right. We'll put that on the suggestion list for Frontier. Um, overall, I mean, just quickly, update eight, um, positive, negative, or yeah, you just meh about it, uh, Shan? Oh, I see. Um, I think the amount of work they put into it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, there's still the elephant in the room along with the 70% of people who responded to Obsidian Ant's survey that said the issues run deeper than just FPS. But that doesn't mean to say I don't appreciate the amount of work they put in. Right, okay. Um, Psychic. Yes. Yay, for the most part, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting there, but it is slow going. It uh, yes, definitely. Um, and Mac, yeah, I really concur with that. Um, I think they're also missing a tr- well, maybe it'll come later, but they're missing a trick with these emotes. You know how they they like to sell cosmetics and make a little bit of extra cash. Well, you know what they they need to do an Arnold Rimmer salute. I mean, take my money. I would I'd definitely buy an Arnold Rimmer salute. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we're expecting, uh, that, you know, these are the base emotes, and they'll put more emotes in at a later point, which you have to pay for a la Fortnite, and then all of a sudden everyone go, goes, oh, no, they will tell you, told you it was turning them into Fortnite. Um, Didn't they show a Rimmer salute in one of the trailers? No. Nope. Also, that's I just, found... That's just wishful thinking, that is. I found a guy here who's asleep who isn't Sleepy Pete. Well, well yeah, you've got more than just bold Sleepy Pete. There's, there's a whole load of people who have who are decided to fall asleep in the station. A now. whole Sleepy family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's an overwhelming positive because I've gone from... Um, basically having everything on low detail and really missing the graphical um you know the the graphical detail in in horizon and i've gone from i've gone to mid detail and that even the difference between low and mid is is uh is is great but it's it's just i i i understand where everybody else is coming from because they're all saying yeah it's good still needs more work and they know it needs more work um shannon well leading on from that uh statement Colin, i'm just going to ask do we feel is after eight updates the game is now at the point where it should have been back in may or do we feel as though it still has a way to go before it reaches that point i know it's a bit of a loaded question but yeah well what people think it's funny you should mention that because top. Sh- I'm producing Top Shift 130 at the moment, which at 
which I ask that exact same question. And my opinion is it is. This is how it should have been for the May release at, you know, at the very least. It needed this this level of detail. It needed the, this kind of social interaction. It needed, you know, these extra little bits. Um, what about the rest of you, um, Psychic? Um, <laughs> it's it's a really difficult question to ask without um, it it I I'm I don't like a loaded question at the best of times. Um, it's again I I just I just think it's getting there, and I just yeah. I'm I'm prepared to give it time to see it get there. Like there were there were a lot of there were a lot of um comparisons made between Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, and um. Star Citizen um, people being just blinkered because they they're prepared to throw loads of money at at a beta and or at, at something that isn't really even they're never sure that it's ever going to be released and we've got Elite Dangerous and we're kind some of us are kind of doing that same thing where we're just kind of just sitting and waiting going yeah no give it time it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine and um, a little bit sticking our heads into the sand. But at the same time, I can only hope to be optimistic. You know, that is the same thing that I hear so much on the Star Citizen side of things. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, especially after, you know, the latest revelations and things like that. Um, okay, Mac, what what did you think? I think we're, where it is now, I would say... yeah, I. This should have been like the gamma stage where we are about now. Um, mm. All the stuff, I think update eight is about where, the truth be told, it would be about gamma release. Um, all the stuff from the you know, the release we had in May till, now, uh, till really update eight was really kind of beta. Mm-hmm. I think had they, I, the trouble is it, it should have really been dropped. They could have, I think, done it as an early access. Um, and that would have been fine because they'd have had a release. So they could have said to the shareholders, "We had a release." Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we had to early access because of this, that, and the other. And then we could have gone through, you know, early access beta, then early access gamma, and, and I, th- I think the well, like we, we like wouldn't we have the, we would, yeah. the the trouble is what they've done now is it's going to take years to to leave behind the stink of the bad reviews. It's going to take absolutely years because it's still reviewing at only about 30% positive, which I think now is a little bit less, it's a little bit jaded if you see what I mean, because I think it's 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 like night and day now compared to May um, but, and I, d- I don't think they'd have had this trouble had they said had this been, had they just been honest and said this is early release Yeah, I think that's more down to the business side of things and not and not the developers. Um, <laughs> I mean, move, we'll move away from update eight because we've got a lot more to cover uh, at the moment. Um, now, next thing that happened was the meme generator of the Hall- the Halloween stream happened last Thursday um, with uh, Zach, um, Sally, and Bruce all in the studio, even though there was technical difficulties. Um, anybody catch that stream? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. It was great. 
I think I enjoyed the memes afterwards more than the actual stream itself. Not to say the stream was bad, but the memes were very good. No, I don't really celebrate Halloween, to be fair. <laughs> I, I, I am the Grinch of Halloween. I, um, I, I buy heaps of Haribo uh, and leave them for a year and then give them out the sweets to trick-and-treaters. I'm that level of Grinch for them. <laughs> Um, yeah, so in, in the stream they basically had a couple of Pictionary sections, which was quite fun, uh, and they went over what we're going to talk about later, which is uh, Update 9, or Things to Come, uh, which I thought was uh, quite interesting. Um, obviously, uh, Update 9, the October development uh, update came out, uh, so or rather they outlined what they hope to have in Update 9 with it. Um, we'll be discussing that later in the show. Uh, and also Super Cruise News 50 happened today, um, which, again, they were just going over the amount of uh, bug fixes, what they're trying to do with these bug fixes. Um, they know that there are still um, a couple of issues that they need to get sorted, which mostly revolve around uh, anarchy systems and oh what was the other one missions not completing yeah yeah missions not completing yeah they, they say Certain that, types of missions i think it was yeah so they've uh they've been looking into um into that so i think we'll probably get another update eight patch probably maybe in the next week or so as they try and track it down all depends on whether or not they find it at the server end or the or the client end. I think. Um, uh, in a little bit more positive news, um, Steam charts obviously for the end of October happened, and it turned out that for the first time since the actual launch, there are now more people playing EDO than the previous month. Play numbers went up. By how much? Um, I think it's 10%, uh, not point ten, not point. yeah, it's something low, but um, it's not going down anymore. Yes, it's not like the COVID case numbers, they'll go up and then they'll go down again. Or... Well, um, I think this is update seven brought a lot, uh, kind of stabilized the numbers. Um, it's this the numbers are still 75% lower than what it was in the April launch, but it's the first time that the numbers have actually gone up. To, to be fair, though, when a game is launched, that is usually the peak player numbers. There's always a decline mm. once the newness wears off. So I'm personally not holding a 75% drop yeah. on launch against it too much. It's, it's quite ironic because when you actually compare the Steam charts for No Man's Sky and, and for Elite Dangerous, um, normally what happens is after a No Man's Sky launch, it's, it's normally about a month where the, their numbers are absolutely through the roof. And then by the end of the month or so, the numbers are a, you know, about the equivalent of Elite Dangerous. That's different now. Obviously, the numbers for No Man's Sky is still reasonably high. They, they do keep No Man's yeah. Sky do keep like knocking out those expeditions, though, don't they? Yeah, I think that's what's bringing people into No Man's yeah. Sky. They do it's add a lot. Good, of oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. I think. Uh, um, 
I think what Elite Dangerous needs to do is they, they need to do something similar or do something with the um, ongoing plotline to drag people in. But- I guess, though, it's hard to do that with the resources you've got while you're still firefighting the effects of the May release, really. Yes. Yeah, that is always going to be an issue. Anyway, um, uh, finally, um, for those of you who don't know, um, Dr. K. Ross has uh, now officially left Frontier. However, not to go empty-handed, um, there is a unregistered comms beacon in the system, Dr. K's heart, a 1B, and it has a message in it. And we're not going to spoil the message. You have to go out there and and uh, and find it. Um, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, uh, bring a note, um, bring a pen and paper or a notepad because it's one of these messages that spells out the message in uh, the phonetic alphabet. So you will yeah. need to to write it out. Yeah, just like they did with the Thargoids return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's all the development news for this week. Quite a lot. Um, what has actually been happening in the game? Well, um, last Thursday, there was a massive Thargoid attack. Um, according to, uh, and it is still ongoing, actually, several systems were attacked by the by the bugs. Um, but according to the AXI, this seems to be a different kind of incursion. Um, even though the AXI have claimed to kill thousands and thousands of these things, um, they haven't made much of a dent in actually reducing the Thargoid presence, uh, as, this, as most of the systems still have a massive presence against them. They're beginning to think that this is a different kind of Thargoid attack. Shan? So, is this um, a genuinely different style of a cat attack, or have they just ramped the spawn rate to over 9,000, if you see what I mean. Yeah. They just increase the numbers, or is it a different a form of attack? attack. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Zerg attack. And um, although I must admit, I don't see anybody in the AEXI complaining about the fact it's a Zerg attack. Um, that's one of the things that they've always said, is that they, they're they able to clean the combat, the, the conflict zones within approximately two, three days. And at the moment, it's now seven days, uh, five days running so far, and they haven't they haven't been able to reduce it. It sounds like the Thargoids are adopting World War One tactics, where they just keep sending Thargoids over the proverbial top, mm. get them mown down, and then just keep sending them and sending them without actually doing anything different. Like yeah, me, it's like me playing StarCraft against Terran. I send about a million Zerglings, and they just get chewed up by the Terran's tank lines. Um, and it is beginning to look as if maybe um, Admiral Tanner might have been onto something. Maybe Salvation's, um, I don't know, genocide weapon triggered something with the Thargoids. So are we saying that Salvation um, shot his load and then that's it now? Well, in, it's funny you mentioned that Salvation is now providing multi-engineered um, Guardian weapons in the Marope system. So um, as long as you're fighting Thargoids, you can buy them. But not the big shooty thing. 
Not the big shooty thing that wiped out uh, an entire systems worth of Sark Thargoids, though. We don't actually know what that was. Yeah, he's a one-shot wonder, then, isn't he, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I actually played... Uh, I fought against Thargoids for the first time in in Odyssey. And I must admit, they've, they've gone and changed the design slightly. They're much more glowy, and especially the scouts. I was, I was actually quite impressed. Um, uh, I've been also hyper-addicted a couple of times with the new um, hyperspace tunnel. It's, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. So does that make them easier to shoot if they're glowy? I mean, if I was a thyroid, I'd be thinking, hang on a minute, these humans, they <laughs> like glowy things and they can see us i know i'll make us black well actually it's funny you should say that because i remember having trouble dealing with uh, swarms of seven thargoid scouts because normally um if you go to a threat four you end up with um either four marauders uh, or uh three mixed which will normally be a, a regenerator and a sighter and a marauder or um you end up with being attacked by seven of them, which is a uh, basically two marauders, two inciters, two regenerators, um, and yeah, probably oh, what was the other one? A berserker, and that that seven swarm normally just used to wipe my ship out. This time, I was able to hold my own quite easily against the all seven, and I'm wondering whether or not because they said they um, stopped making the scouts the equivalent of an elite pilot, uh, an elite kill in reward, whether or not they've actually reduced the difficulty of the of the scouts at the same time. Maybe you just got better. Uh, well, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought, um, you know, once you're out of practice, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, you're out of practice. And I hadn't gone after Thargoid scouts for over a year. Perhaps the AXI can let us know whether they think the they've been nerfed or not. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Klaxian in the chat room has said the modified Gauss cannon um, that you get from Salvation is trash, though, which is a bit disappointing. Um, in other news, also on the 28th, uh, there was a resources boost for Torval Mining. That was the uh, reward for the previous week's CG. Um, now, this was quite interesting. Um, on the 29th, the initial stage of the Colonia Bridge became operational, which, for those of you who are unaware, is uh, a whole network of megaships that... Um, <clears throat> Uh, are reaching out between Colonia and the bubble, uh, and they detected a um, SOS. Did anyone else get involved in this? Yes. Because mm. of course I did. Yeah. And how long did it take people to find the SOS? Well, we did the flight assist announcement and they found it already. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was, I think, 40 minutes. If that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if that. Um, I think Canon found it within 40 minutes, which is a bit of a, a shame. But um, and I don't think we'll spoil it because I think it's a little bit too close. Oh, Shan. I was going to say, I would be fairly depressed if I was a dev putting this mm. sort of content in the game because they probably spent a week working out where to put it and what it was and all this kind of stuff. 
and someone goes and finds it so quickly, I'd be oh, what the heck? You know, I'd be kind of thinking maybe I should have hidden it better. Or, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I hats off to the guys who found it. You know, well done. But I think if looking at it from a desk point of view, I'd have been... So this, um, this was a much smaller radius than than before. It was like within 50 light years, wasn't it, from the... From the yeah, it was. It wasn't a great amount of um, systems to look for. Not to not to um, negate that finding it within forty five minutes is a massive achievement or anything, but it wasn't like it. Previously, we've been given three hundred and fifty light years in every direction, and that's taken taken a little longer. But and because they're ruthlessly efficient, um, they're. Uh, they just they just find these things really quickly. I got to the point where I'd opened the spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> and did, before I mean, everyone found. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, it, it, oh, yeah. I mean, they've done jokes about this in in sort of about World of Warcraft, with you know the new update comes out in World of Warcraft, and within. Uh, two or three hours, we've got people on the forums going, "Well, that was quick. What next?" <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have a sort of a, na- a nickname for that person. It's content locus, wasn't it? It's, it's content locus. So there's yeah. new content and people swarm over it, consume it, and then disappear and then complain there's nothing to do. So There was a little tiny bit, without spoiling anything, there was mm. a little tiny bit at the end which when you when you get to the end of everything, there is a very very small bit that still leaves questions. Oh yes, it, it, it generates some questions, and there is there is something that is corrupted at the end where we don't have all of the information. So I I don't think this is quite finished yet. Mm. Yeah, well I hope I hope it hasn't. Um, for those of you who I I would actually go, uh, say that it's worth looking out because it's a. Uh, it's a nice little horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a beautiful, beautiful ending. It has, um, which uh, I, I can't even say, even hint at, because if I'm wrong, then I've just going to spoil it all in the wrong way. But, I mean, yeah, move on. I mean if, if you spoil yeah. anything, like people will just come after you and just eat you alive. Hmm. No, I wouldn't want that. Exactly. Yes. Oh, we would. Can we watch? No. Uh, also, um, there was a uh, a article in Galnet about the view from Colonia, which was all about the uh, Colonia Bridge being set up. Uh, also, on the first of November, um, the as, as people are already aware, the Orion University is going after the Dredger Clan, uh, and the Dredger Clan have shut down their their dredger to stop um, these uh, the university from taking it back. Um, however, advocacy has defended the dredger clan, saying that um, the same rights that defend that are applied to these uh, generation ships should be also be applied to the dredger clans, as they are their own insular society who should be left alone. Which is, you know, the current of the prime directive, I suppose. Um. So I've got a sneaking suspicion that storyline is not going away anytime soon. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, we have that Hadrian Deval has uh, accepted imperial protection. Um, he is stepping away from Nova Imperium 
his own faction, and he is becoming a ward of the Senate. Um, in related news, ACT have, st have uh, slate stated that um, in its investigation into the Dyson City attack, it has yielded results. Although details remain embargoed for security reasons, a significant breakthrough is expected to be announced soon. So, um, that's been the plot this week. Um, any potential... What do, what do people think? Got any ideas where all this might be heading? Uh, combat CGs. <laughs> what you mean, uh, defending or attacking the Dredger Clan? Yeah, and also Duval. Mm-hmm. Just combat so. CGs coming out of the wazoo, man. Well, I've got no problem with combat CGs. Same, same. Mm -hmm. All good by me. Bring it on. Right. I've never um, done one. you never done never one? Done one. I've never done a combat CG. Ever. Well, now is the time. Because there were going to be lots. <laughs> is it Mac is, is more of a trader than a than a um <clears throat> you a love not a fighter? Well, I do, I do have, I do have combat elite. I mean, I do done plenty of, I do plenty of conflict zones, but I've never done them in a context of a CG. Oh wait, I did. Oh yeah, I I did do it once, and we were on the losing side. It was that one with Liz Ryder, where it was the Empire versus Liz Ryder. I went there, oh, right. and I was the only you one on Empire. the Empire side, and there were about fifteen people on the list, and they chased me out there. Ah. Yes, I, did. I, it, I always play no play. <laughs> it is a bit more helpful when they're um, the numbers are more balanced and you're not outnumbered fifteen to one. Yes. Right. Well, um, that's the news within the galaxy. There will probably be a more detailed breakdown at uh, with Galnet News at the end of the the show with uh, Commander Wotherspoon and Commander Beatitude. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, it's that time of the week again. Score alert! In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your Yes, and uh, welcome back. Um, Apologise for the for the silence. Um, we, we're still waiting for people's feedback to see which one they prefer. Well, it's, a dubstep, on, it's a dubstep version. Yeah, based on the contents of this week's store, the dubstep version is entirely appropriate for this one. <laughs> yes, I mean, normally for the last couple of weeks we haven't really had much happening in the store and then of course Halloween happened and tons of stuff came out um, well first of all it's a Day of the Dead celebration today which uh, um, uh, Frontier put out in the Elite D Dangerous Twitter so there's lots of um, lovely sort of Grim Reaper style Mexican the sugar schools yes they're amazing so if you want a sugar skull bobblehead, now is the time to have one. There's also lights. 
Oh, is there? Yeah, the sugar school lights, and they're amazing. I've got all of them. <laughs> Uh, so there we have um, Psychic supporting Frontier both just a huge amount of arcs. After <laughs> this week, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Shan. I think they've actually shown a reasonable amount of, of imagination this time, this time around. You know, the, like the suits aren't just cowboy hats and scarves. You know, they've really gone to town on them. The, um, the ectoplasm one... Um, looks like it's someone's escaped from a modern art exhibition. Um, yeah, well, I hadn't actually got to the uh, the actual Halloween suits yet. But, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of Halloween goodies, and there's three main main suits, which were the, the trickster suit, the X-ray suit, which is the walking skeleton, and the exoplasm suit, which you just mentioned. Um, now they are forty percent off until the 9th of November. Um, I, th- I think they all looked quite awesome. <laughs> anyway, They're but, amazing. They're so good. Yeah. Uh, so yes, for once, I was actually tempted to buy some. It takes a lot to get me interested in these things I can, now. Yeah, I can appreciate the amount of work that went into them, but they cost arcs. So. As I sound dragons, then I'm out. But yeah, they look fun. <laughs> Psych it. We did, um, we did theory crafting. Oh, Sally God, and I did some crafting. theory crafting for suits, and then the ever wonderful Commander Zulu Romeo got back in touch and was like, "Yes, no, you're right. It does work." So with Go on, um, the with the uh, pumpkin suit with the lime and the pink and the pink ectoplasm and a couple of extra little accoutrements i think that come from the um there's a pink cowboy as well which has got some uh, teal bits in it you can finally be a fully pink commander and sally and i are very excited about this fact ah right i see um I, does the ectoplasm suit come in bright glowing green as well yes I think right, so. in, that, in that case, that, that suit really we need to send to the Hammers of Slough because that is what people from Slough look like because they glow in the dark. Covered in bio waste, you mean? Covered in, no, covered in, well, covered in whatever waste they have there because it's all, it's all glowing, glowing in the dark, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, on a serious note, sorry about the, about the Hammers, uh, I have a Nat White uh, update. Um, do you remember she was suffering quite heavily from COVID a few weeks ago? Oh, yes. Uh, well, fortunately, um, they let her out of hospital a couple of weeks ago. Um, right. But uh, unfortunately, it seems she has a degree of long COVID now. Ooh, so, so is actually suffering a lot of fatigue and finds it an effort even to get up and down the stairs to collect her groceries. So, although she's out of the woods, um, we wish her a speedy recovery. Yeah, long COVID is not pleasant. As um, I don't know whether I had it or not, but it took me it took me a while to get over my batch of COVID. So I can understand where uh, where she's coming from there. Uh, maybe we should send her a um, ectoplasm suit so she can <laughs> look, look look as ill on the outside as she is on the inside. Oh, that's this is this this is what you this is just to make you feel even worse. There you go. It's 
sympathetic as always, Jan, eh? <laughs> of course. I'm nice. Right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break uh, and we'll come back with our main discussion of the evening. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlis Jr. And I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leestee to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Do you suffer from problems with incontinence? If you do, then our pee pads are for you! Yes, Commander, your very own pee pad while you're out there exploring in the universe. Then you can go whenever you feel the need. No need for a toilet pesking back there and then having to wonder how do they deal with the poop? No, you just go in the pad and discard it at your local station. Let them worry about the physics of disposing of sewage in space. That's not your problem, Commander. Natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest, so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, we've solved an age-old problem. Vega Slimweed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vega Slimweed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Travelling with Vega Slimweed ingested may constitute smuggling. Please check before your journey and declare yourself at customs for an internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea or vomiting. A small sample of patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state and internal hemorrhaging. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Now, obviously, the October update was uh, dropped last Thursday, uh, where they were uh, showing off what they are hoping to bring within update nine, and also what is on the cards for future updates after that. Now, um, the first thing that the uh, uh, they discussed was 
uh, about the fact of the performance optimization. Um, they went through an entire list of uh, the extensive work that had been carried out in update eight, which was light and shadows, improvement to glass skin particles, um, all with high level rendering optimizations. But then they, they said they know that their work's not done. So in update nine, we can expect to see further improvement uh, for character animation, uh, mid to far distance, um, planet rendering, lighting, scattered rocks and object physics, AI and character models, and a lot more. This should contribute to a much better Odyssey experience. Um, now, they have also said that this, and Sandro used to say this is uh, no promises, no guarantees. Um, I think that that's effectively what they say in here about the various, please note all the following is at various stages of, of progress. So we can't guarantee that they will definitely be in update nine, but this is what we hope to be putting in, or hopefully we'll be getting in update nine. Shan? Um just a kind of a question around mm -hmm. that is, do we think they should be adding extra stuff, bearing in mind they still have lots of optimizations to do? And does adding extra stuff actually decrease performance? Um, I think it, they're trying a balancing act because um, if they just did, if it took, say, two or three months to put in all the optimizations that they they need to in order to get the game running, people would be walking away, wouldn't also, they? Also, I think you've got, um, it's not necessarily a mutually exclusive thing. The teams who are doing the extra stuff are not necessarily the teams who are working on optimization. For instance, the render team have a fairly specific job. They work on, well, the rendering. So the fact that, say, I know, new missions or new this, that, and the others being done doesn't really affect the rendering team because they're not working on that stuff. Mm. Um, so I, I think a lot of these things aren't... that You often hear these things, oh, they should be doing this instead of that. But often the people doing this and the people doing that are different teams and they don't have interchangeable skill sets. So it's not, it's not something that there's no opportunity cost as it were. Um, but there's surely there's a finite amount of, that. surely there's a finite amount of CPU cycles and things like that, which it doesn't matter who does the team stuff is still going to be used. But a lot of this stuff is when, when you're not interacting with it, it's not actually using any, like, like for instance, now the, the base I just went to, it only exists as data. Now it's not, it, it's not, taking up any cpu cycles it's it's not part of my instance so extra stuff doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily sitting using cpu cycles all the time and even when it is it may not necessarily be the thing that uses major the, the major part of the cpu cycles so quite often you can do it, it's not a case of this or that you can do this and that because the teams are separate and the new feature doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily going to have much of a performance impact anyway. So you might as well do it and give players more things to do. Oh, I guess we'll wait and see. Yes. Like it. Well, we've seen improvement, haven't we? They yeah. added stuff in the last thing and we, we also saw improvement to, to performance. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, oh, we don't really need to wait and see because we can see it happening. Um, well, we just said earlier that we, we're unsure it actually made any difference to a lot of people. So 
I, 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 from my no, experience, hang on. From, I, from I, I, I think you misheard. But from from my experience, it's 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 up and down, but it's it is mark it is a marked improvement as to where it was. So um, we are seeing improvement. There's no, in, in my eyes, there is no denying that we were seeing improvement. Yes, do they have a long way to go? Absolutely, to, to for it to be compatible with um of the consoles. Yes. But we are still seeing those improvements. It is um, disingenuous to say that um, the the things that we are adding or the things that Frontier are adding to um, the game are negatively impacting Im- improvements. No, I, 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 asked, I asked a question, and to, to be fair, you've experienced an improvement. It doesn't mean to say everyone has experienced an improvement. Well, I can only speak so. for myself. I can't speak for the wider elite well, that's right. community. Um, the other thing that I, I would I would say in regard to um, in regard to that is we had we had the great drought when they were improving stuff for, uh, um, back along before before um, Odyssey came out when they they stopped literally everything and we got not necessarily radio silence but we had a very long time of not a lot happening that we had to fill. And a lot of people stopped playing then and that kind of thing. And I don't think that they, that Frontier can risk that going forward with Elite. Yeah, that, that was one of the problems that, I mean, you remember when the uh, when it dropped, we wanted to know whether or not we were getting new SRVs or there were new ships in the pipeline or anything like that. And there was radio silence um, for about two weeks and you know that is where a lot of people lost heart. Um, we, we, you know, you saw the player numbers drop. And yeah, um, but to go back to to your point, Shan, um, normally, Max quite right. Normally, they have these different teams with different specialities. Not every programmer, not every developer, can work on doing the optimizations. They've probably got a set team which have. have a graphics team which specifically work on improving, uh, designing and getting the graphics, getting the most out of the graphics engine. Now, the, the issue is there's a finite number of them. Say, I don't know, I'm, this is just stuff off the top of my head. Say, say 15 people. Those 15 people are just full on at that. They can't really work on anything else. So they have, say, for instance, for update seven and update eight, they've been working on this one particular section to get that bit working and then they'll move on to the next one it doesn't stop the design team doing or the um some of the other teams actually coming up with new additional content just like um for the um what is it the the narrative team that's that's a team of 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 developers and designers they're putting stuff together but chances are they don't have the same things that will help out the um the graphics team doing the the rendering. Sure. I mean, I guess where I was coming from with the with with the question was everything you do has a resource cost to it. It may not may be big, it may be small, but there is a cost to it. Be memory, CPU cycles, graphical memory, whatever it is, there is a cost to it. So my 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 question is is do we think there's a tipping point where you can't actually get any more optimized? And if you like, the cost of doing this stuff builds up oh. and then negatively impacts performance. That's so let, let me get this straight. Um, you're scared that if they put more stuff in, the frame rate will drop even more. I, well, I'm asking the question, is, is, that, is that a possibility or do we think they are 
they've got more bandwidth to or more resource they can use to put this stuff in without affecting things too much. Well, considering that um, I went from low to mid detail without and still got a performance improvement, I think that they can, they have. And the, the places where the performance is still bad normally is actually covering the very areas where they've said in update nine they're looking at next. So I think they're, once they start getting these things down to a T, then I, I think we'll be okay. They'll be able to add new new stuff in. They have been adding new stuff in. We've got ter- turrets in the in the conflict zones, for instance. That doesn't slow the the conflict zones down. Anyway, I want to see. Move on. Yep. Um, right now, apart from these uh, uh, performance updates that they were talking about, the big headline feature for update nine, I guess, will be the twin seat combat SRV. Now there was one small teaser of it, which and, and that looks like a massive real gun to me on this on this picture. Um. Is that an SRV railgun, or is that a yeah, on-base railgun? No, that is. this is um, what looks like a real gun on top of the um, combat SRV. This is what they've said it is. Did you know, Bruce refer to it as a cannon on the Halloween show? Did they refer to it as a cannon? I, I think he might have done. Oh, I think no. he might have done and then looked really like, oh, no, I've said something wrong. I'm sure I've, I'm, that that might be completely incorrect. Um, I will I will quite happily say I'm not 100% on that, but there is there is part of me that is pretty certain that he went, oh, it looks like it's a cannon. I think it's going to be a cannon. So what's it firing? Can we tell? Or is that... Well, we don't... Rob, the explosion. Well, we know from the uh, live stream this afternoon that Arf is very proud of the fact that um, he managed to take that photo because he made that shot. That is that is this that is a in-game action of a of Arf shooting a skimmer, and it went down in one shot. The other thing that he told us was that was that she is thick with two C's. He didn't use that um, terminology, but he just said she chunky. She chunky. Do we know what sort of skimmer it was? I'm assuming it's the little one rather than a Goliath. Well, no, he didn't. Well, we're assuming that it's not a Goliath. <laughs> but um, this does, you do wonder whether or not this is the SLV that you need to take on Goliaths. Because I don't know if you've ever taken on a Goliath in one of our standard scarabs, but um, <clears throat> you don't last long. Well, if you use the turret, you can do better. Yeah. I always tend to drive them from the turret when I'm shooting stuff in SRVs because with a little bit of practice, it's just way better. Uh, and it works really well in VR, actually, uh, using the turret because you can quickly take a glance in the direction which you're, you're actually driving because the turret's not necessarily pointing... Uh, you do have to have the heart stomach of a concrete elephant to do it, but I have fortunately, so um, it works all right for me. But yeah, the I find the the the, the turret view is mm-hmm. actually pretty good in the stand SRV. But yeah, I'm I'm, I must admit, I still haven't got my 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 head around it. Even even when I'm driving around plant scanning um, at the moment, um, 
I try and drive from the turret and I feel very nauseous. Yeah, I'm not you, Mac. When I'm when I'm fighting stuff, I drive from the turret because it's just mm. easier. Yeah, um, it does remind me of Mass Effect's Mako, just by the the gun. Is that just me? <laughs> Um, yeah, so apparently this is is a multi-crew um, SRV, so we can have two people. They did heavily imply that you could have one person driving and one person gunning, but they didn't actually confirm it. Um, and uh, they are hoping that effectively what you could have is you fly along in your new four-person crewed ship, and then you can drop two of these tanks or combat, no, they, they called it combat SRVs. They specifically avoided calling them tanks. But you can drop two of these, obviously, with two of your crew in each. So Slam Dunk, in, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, no, Slam Dunk in the chat was thinking what I was thinking. Uh, and they say, I'm wondering if you can be killed individually in the SRV or whether you are killed as a pair if the SRV is destroyed. That's an interesting point. Um, probably, if they stick to what happens in a multi-crewed ship, you're old, You're both killed. Because these are real multi-crew, not pretend multi-crew. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you manage to eject. Because you can still leave the SRV at any time. You can leave the SRV and still be part of the team. So when they say they're not tanks, is that are they implying they're like glass cannons? I uh, no. Well, they've implied that they're chunky and they're they're um, able to take more punishment from uh, from things than your standard SRV. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't be combat SRVs. But they're obviously faster than a tank because I would have thought a tank would be actually quite slow. Or they do. Or as little Biggin just said in the chats, they don't have tracks. I don't know whether or not you need to have tracks in order to be called a, a tank. No, was there not some concept art a really long time ago with an SLV with half tracks on it? Or have I dreamt that because I play too much World of Tanks? I don't know. Um, there was definitely a picture, wasn't there? There was in the background of the of, of the picture that was released a few months ago of an SLV with something that looked like that um, gun on the top. Mm. And I think that might have had half tracks. Sorry, I think you might be right about that. I think yeah. it might just be concept art, though. No, because there was there was an image of the of the actual SRV with the alternative gun as uh, a very small part of of a banner, if I remember rightly. Oh, we'll just have to welcome uh, Commander Fenbot, who has decided to read the Twitch chat channel with twenty five people. Hello, hello. <laughs> nice of you to join us. Welcome to Live Radio. Um, yeah, but I must admit. I I can I can certainly see these things being use useful in raids. Anybody else looking forward to uh, to having a drive? Yes. Yes. You see that so often on this show. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> as Elvis Cremens has said in chat, though, uh, they're asking two seats won't mean you need two people in it all the time. No, but you will need at least one driver. Well, well, I think it'd be it'd be quite good. To think of it. You you could use it as a like 
rally events as well. But you know how you have somebody reading the pace notes and somebody driving? You could do rally That's events. That's one heck of a starting gun, though, Mac, isn't it? <laughs> you, could have, you could have aggressive, you could have rally events where you're supposed to shoot the other competitors. So basically, we're back to Death Race 2000 or well, Death that, Race 3370. That's the point. Will it be able to target individual players? Well, we you have can target to wait and see. Yeah, if you can target individual players at the moment with your standard SRV, so I can't see any difference. You've, I'm actually looking forward to be able to. It'll be interesting to see what happens when you deploy one of these and the, what is it, the Enforcer Troopers turn up with their rocket launchers. That's going to be interesting. I'd imagine you'd still be toast. I just hope she's thick enough to be able to just just withstand one or two. Just enough to be able to, you know, hightail it out of there. With your lad in the turret, like, blasting away. Oh, man. Will you be able to change seats, do you think? Do you think if you're the driver, you'll be able to swap around and be the gunner? Or would you have to stop, get out, and get in the uh, gun seat? I have a sneaky suspicion that that's something you'd have to do. What, get out and change seats? Yeah, get out and basically basically you get out and then you go back in and then you choose whichever role you've got. Because whoever's first in chooses whichever role they want and then the second person's just left with the other one. So I'd be like in Grand Theft Auto then, really. Mm. So, yeah, so that that's this is the big headline feature, and I think everybody is is basically looking forward to this one. <laughs> I mean, it has now been when did horizon launch twenty fifteen uh God, six years we've had one s r v in six years, and this is the first time we're getting another one. No wonder people are excited um Do you think right they'll have different store alert paint jobs when they have the <laughs> SRV come out. <laughs> Yeah, do we need a tankity tank store alert song? A tankity tank. Tankity tank. Is that like blankety blank? Well, you might be firing blankety blanks, but not at my tankity tank. (laughs) That was very close to starting with the letter W. Um, That is Docker's conversation. (laughs) Are you Ben in disguise? Yes, stick it in the tank bank. Yes, <laughs> but they're not tanks. <laughs> They've said they're not tanks. Anyway, moving on from the uh, for the armored SLV. Um, Next thing that they've got is there's going to be further mission additions and improvements. Now they've said that. Um, they're going to continue expanding player missions and their complexity, striving to make each mission more diverse and dynamic. As we previously mentioned, um, we're going to work on some of the examples which we've, we've featured. In, uh, they're basically going into further information here. Uh, there'll be mission contacts at uh, points of interest. So I'm assuming that this means that um, you'll have someone similar that there are in the concourse that say, I've got a mission for you. Oh, quickly, Shan, if you want to go back over onto the SLV. Well, I was just going to say, um, if you're in one of these SRVs, does that make you Lieutenant Gruber from the lower low in your little tank? But they're not tanks. It's a little tank, it's, isn't it? It's not a tank, it's a little tank. It's an armoured car. So it's, <laughs> you are Lieutenant Gruber from the lower low if you drive one of these ones around. Psychic's going to now ask us what's a lower low. 
Go on, oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. How very dare you? I thought you'd be too young. I mean, they, they, they have repeats, man. <laughs> oh, good morning. Anyway, um, <laughs> you want to talk about further missions because I never yeah, got they, a chance to get it, get it out, did yeah, I? Yeah, as we, as we were, as we had progressed rather on, um, the... Um, didn't didn't they say it wasn't only just at, um, at settlements? Um, I'm sure. Now again, I feel like the Halloween stream went by in a haze for some reason. But I'm <laughs> I'm sure that there has been mention of a um, going down to these points of interest and people maybe needing refueling or helping out like that. Yes. I mean, it says some of these individuals at uh, these point of interest uh, may need help to get their ship running, or they may be waiting for a courier to complete in the next step of sensitive delivery. And sometimes you just find you're just in time to save people from opportunistic, opportunistic raiders. This psychic smacks to me of the a lot of... Um, listen, I'm stuck here. Do you think you could pop over here, deliver this package, or pop over to this place and... and um, off this person for me. I mean, I'm down for that. You know, I'm down for that. Yeah, I, it 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 does sound like they're expanding on the uh, um, on the actual mission system here. Uh, and this is the other thing that I was getting confused about. Um, they've got settlement mission providers. Now, this looks like they've got um, social spaces within the settlements because I know that that you can walk around the bars that in the entertainment complex. In complexes, they'll have people who will make request that who will have requests for the player. So it, that's more like the mission givers in the concourse. Um, these missions are noted to be a lot more personal, and will be granted by actual inhabitants who you can visit again later to complete the mission. Do you think we're getting close to multi-phase missions with this update? I'm hoping so. I mean, they have said that this is the kind of thing that they're, they're expanding on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Slam Dunk has made a nice uh, observation. Um, have there been any SLV-based missions from settlements where, you know, drive out to a waypoint, find a box, bring it back? There haven't. There's, there's been um, stuff fly out to settlements, get something, bring it back, but no driving. I'm trying to remember, because um, I'm sure back early in Horizons, there were missions where you used to have to take out an SLV and pick up um, a bandit or escape pods. Oh, yeah, um, those escape pods rescues. Yeah, but I'm trying to think whether I had to fly out or not. I think some of them were close enough, particularly if you just started out close to the... Uh, in the game, you could actually drive out and get them, but I don't know whether that was just an optional I want to drive out and get them or whether you could fly out as well. Mm. No, interesting question. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that they add in, you know, the chained mission effects that they do for some of the uh, um, some of the the ship missions. I think that that kind of thing is needed. Um so if they appear as an NPC, sorry, just mm -hmm. speculating, if they appear as an NPC, can you do a um, Skyrim on them and shoot them? Or will they be invincible? And you, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I, w I hope that they are shootable. Um, 
every uh, you, they're not shootable. People aren't shootable in the concourse, but I'm hoping that when you're walking around settlements, your whole will have the option to pull your gun because otherwise it just feels wrong. Yeah, I'll try that. Mm. And finally, another big item that got everybody excited was the multi-limpet controller. Now, this is a new module that works in addition to existing limpet controllers, allowing players to deploy multiple limpet types using a single module slot. Right. This has been requested for so long. What does everyone think to that one? Matt? Well, um, I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. They did, there was a caveat that it's not as good as the regular dedicated limpet controllers. Mm-hmm. But certainly for exploring, certainly in smaller ships where you want to also do some hull sealing and fuel ratting, um, it's, it has, you know, because you you, if you've got multiple limpet controller, if you can have um, uh, fuel transfer limpets and hull repair limpets in one module, that would be nice. It'll save some space um, and save some, yeah, module space that you can use potentially for other, like, you could use a smaller ship because it'll free up enough space so you can put a cargo bay in it because you've, you've got to store the limpets somehow. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a nice addition. Um, it, I don't think it's going to be, well, for me, it's not going to, I don't know, I find it life-changing or anything like that, but it'll certainly be uh, quite nice to have. Uh, yeah, I'm, I must admit, I, I kind of expect what will happen is that they'll they'll have the multiple limpets, but they'll be the li- you'll only have the same performance of the limpet um, the limpet launcher below it. So you could have basically a, a big slot five with two limpet controllers, but all of the, those will be the equivalent of type three ones. Do you see what I mean? Instead of having type five. Yes. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, the, the the class the class of the controller, and I think it'd, it'd be also be handy for because it's always annoying to have to take up a space with a prospector controller. Um, mm, yes, that that's one of my annoying not annoyances when you're, it, you're mining. Yeah. It does make it good for explorers too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is this is what I was saying is for if you if you're um, well also if you're doing explorers with a fleet carrier and you and you need to mine for fuel on some epic voyage somewhere we we did that once with um, uh, which expedition it was one of Yannick's expeditions they're moving the uh, fleet carrier out to the the arse end of the galaxy and so we needed to mine uh, so it had been for, for fuel so it'd, it'd be nice to have it then but. I'm sure there'll be other opportunities. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's the whole, f- what they've actually announced for update nine. Um, oh, I am hoping that they do the same as they did for update eight and aiming for sort of mid November. That'd be nice. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, um, does this actually make you f- look forward to update nine? Um, obviously psychic. Yeah, yeah, of course. I like I like the fact that they're bringing new stuff. I I really do enjoy the fact that there's there's new stuff coming um, all the time. While at the same time they're working on these optimizations, it, um, after a very long time of having to breathe our own life into the galaxy, it feels really nice that the, that frontier were doing it for us. Yeah. Um, one one thing I did notice um, 
with the uh, fleet carrier update, if we're moving on to that. Which we'll, are, we'll come to in a minute, because I, I wanted to have your thoughts on update nine first. Um, wait and see for me. I mean, the, the, the mission updates and the complexity they're putting in is welcome for the missions. You know, I'm thinking, yes, it, it gives some much needed complexity to that. Uh, the dual seat SRV, I'm not sure. It depends if you can have a multi-crew, i.e. you can have one of your crewmen in your ship use it, or do you have to have, ha- actually have a friend who can come with you to use it? And I'm hoping you can use one of your crew members in it um, because it's rather limiting for some people who prefer to play in solo or in different time zones, etc., etc. So I'm hoping you can have a multi-crew or crew member part of it. But again, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Unless, of course, they just have it locked forward like they do at the moment. Oh, you mean the the, the driver is also the gunner? Yeah, you know, if you've, um, in the standard SRV at the moment, if you don't go into turret mode, it's always locked straight forward. That makes it quite limiting then, really, doesn't it? Other than the firepower, it makes it quite a disadvantage to go in there. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, Mac, are you looking forward to update 9? Is, is there is there stuff in there that, that's piqued your interest? Yeah, all updates, good updates. Excellent. As long as they don't bring, um, as long as they don't bring in like game breaking bugs, of course. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they hope that they don't. Um, no, obviously they said coming up after update nine. This is the kind of um, and finally moment. They said they're putting, they're planning to put in fleet carriers, interiors. No. Yes. Now that's what I want. So I can look at, I can regally stand on the bridge of my fleet carrier and observe as we transit hyperspace. Yeah, because that is actually one thing that they've said they're specifically putting in is the fact that you'll be able to experience a hyperspace jump from inside a carrier and enjoying the view. So I know that last time we were laughing about the fact of, oh yeah, you'll probably get to a fleet carrier and as soon as the jump happens or the shutters come down, so you still can't see anything, but they've gone out of their way and said, "Nope, this that you'll be able to you'll be able to enjoy the view." So, um, yeah, Shan, this is what you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. In the in the image has shown, it has a very Star Warsy Star Destroyer tone, doesn't it? With the with the with the grades and the and the things like that in it. The the question I've got is, do we think the frame shift jump or whatever they use? is going to be worth it to do multiple times, or is this one of these things where you watch the cutscene and then go and do something else? Um, is that something you like? You want you like to want to see every jump, or do you think you'll see it a couple of times and then not worry about it? Well, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know because I don't have a fleet carrier. Um, the thing is. Oh, Psychic wants to jump in. I have a fleet carrier and I am still not bored of even just being inside of it when it when it does the jump thing because it is so cool. It is such an immersive experience. Hell chuffing, yeah, I'm going to be on that bridge watching that jump <laughs> every bloody time because it's, it's a real spectacle. And like even when they jump out and when they jump in, it's still a real spectacle 
spectacle for me and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And and the it's other fun, question it's funny that everybody is just excited about the fact that we'll actually be able to see a fleet carrier jump. I 100% <laughs> didn't think we were going to be able to get that. I was like yeah. certain that that wasn't going to happen. Do we think we'll see like the castle ship jump from the other side of the jump? Because you know how spectacular the uh, castle ship jump is with the black cloud of doom they create. Do you think that's the sort of effect they'll go to? or? Well, that's the kind of effect that they have at the moment. It's it's a very similar sort of like black cloud of um, electrical storm doom amazingness. So I feel that we'll see a bit of a black cloud of doom. And then who knows what? Probably just a hyperspace jump, to be completely fair. But whatever it is, it'll be amazing. Um, I got a sneaking suspicion that what's actually happening, I'm, and I'm hoping that they do this, is that it looks to me as if it, if when the hyperspace jump happens for a capital ship, it literally rips space-time apart and pushes the ship through basically a hole. It's like uh, folding space in June. So basically you've folded the space over you've sh- and you're basically shoving your um it tears your a new carrier. asshole in the space time <laughs> continuum <laughs> I wasn't going to say I, I love yeah little yeah. big yin so that it rips space new one yeah that's just a more polite way of putting it so uh, another question because they mention about um different or new space station uh, carrier services and it does give an example of having a uh, ability for players to buy ships while on foot inside the carrier. I'm just wondering what we think they could add to additional services. And another question is, do we think they will add significantly to the maintenance cost of a carrier? Not, well, it's not significant anyway. I- it isn't significant. Like, the cost of a carrier isn't that significant. It's like two missions. If you can get on and do two missions a week, you can pay for your cost of your carrier, not a problem. Um, but if the, if what they're adding, what they would add from what I would assume would be very similar to what we have in a concourse, but maybe slightly different named. Hopefully we will get a... Um, um, a exobios place um, the genomics thing yeah. yeah there you go and um, hopefully we'll get that and then um that will probably be an uh, the, one of the additional costs that we pay for them because we won't have we don't have something like that within the fleet carrier at the moment you have universal cartographic cartographics that you can pay for but i think that um Vista genomics is different enough that it would be like a separate module that you would have to pay for and if you don't have it the space where it is will just be shuttered away so would you would you want a bartender that you could then use a materials trader for other players um, well you have secure trading secure trading is one of the things that you can have where you can you can trade on the black market within your um yeah but that's carrier. i don't have um, it but yeah, it, it would be it would about. be like an equivalent of that I would have thought that it would just be as an extension. Well, well, the the bartender is, if you like, the materials trader, isn't he? Well, he's more like the black market. Mm. Well, I'm going to have to pull an end to this because I have just seen the time. Oh, crikey. Yeah. Um, like I said, we've had an awful lot to talk about this week and we'll probably need to pick up on this um, next week. So um, 
just quickly, uh, I just allow me to to say this while we're uh, running through our documents. Um, we have our quick, mostly clueless section, which Shan has suggested, which is the art of combat is knowing your tipping point, where if you are uh, incurring damage faster than you can inflict it, that's when you get out. So many players die because they've not learned how to tell where their tipping point is. So never be afraid to jump out before that tipping point until you you know instinctively when you've reached it. Um, right, Shan, just quickly, and then I'm going to have to do the shout-outs. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, in the more to come, we're hoping, it says, we hope you're enjoying four-player multi-crew. And Megaship. Did we talk about four-player multi-crew earlier on? We don't have time right now. We didn't. We didn't. That's something that uh, actually is something that I have yet to try out. So I don't know if they've made any changes to to in-ship multi-crew apart from adding the new seat, which I'm not complaining about. It's just, you know. Anyway, um, so... We'll put that down for a catch-up on next week. So these are the quick shout-outs for uh, everybody who has uh, who's helped out. We have the Dockers Christmas Charity Special, which you can find out more details at uh, justgiving.com, Team uh, Beyond Dockers. We have our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30 GMT. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, we'll also give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts, which is Allegrab AM, Black Sky Legion, the Canon podcast for the Spanish speakers, there's Elite Cast, the Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist, who had, um, they had someone special on this week, didn't you? We had Charlie Hall from Polygon Magazine. Yes. An excellent listen that I rec- heartily recommend it. Um, they have got the Guard Frequency, who do other space sims as well. Um, I'd just like to apologise also to the Loose Screws and Chiggins in particular, because basically he's not elite at CQC yet, although he is still working at it. I was I was wrongly informed. Um, New Worlds, uh, Zero Prep with uh, Kai... Uh, Ed and Sue are talking about stuff, uh, squeaking fuel and system chat. And for those that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast as created by Alan Stroud. Now, following this, we do have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Uh, and we'd also like to thank all those who have twitched chipped in in the Twitch chat uh, and um, well we haven't had any in-game commanders and special thanks also to Commander Tokoso for creating the music at the introduction of the show. Now has anybody quickly got any other business before I sign out? Nope. Okay, uh, well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, or tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by uh, 
going to discord.io slash live radio. And we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to chat, which you can find that at teamspeak.liveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Mac, thanks to uh, Psykit, and thanks, of course, to Shan. And special thanks goes to today's spe tech specialist, Commander Ventura. Um, but until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. of the week hello i need a new computer your family's egyptian now galnet news digest 2nd of November 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Thargoids resilient in face of onslaught. Osmium fee for Torval mining laser. Visit Colonia. Bumpkin gates. Despite substantial anti-Zeno activities over the weekend in the eight systems that were attacked on Thursday, all eight of the attacked systems continue to report a massive Thargoid presence. The attacked systems are all in the Witchhead Nebula and the Pleiades, but the number of Thargoids in the Colsac Nebula and in the California Nebula has also sharply increased, with plenty of non-human signal sources. The lack of apparent progress raises the prospect that in the absence of Aegis, we've always been pretty useless anyway. Salvation might come to the rescue again, as he did with Kornsar, using his mystery weapon to wipe out the Thargoid presence in at least some of the affected systems. He's already positioned his megaship in the Merope system. There appear to be 
two different sorts of Thargoid invasion, with four of the systems affected by persistent non-human signal sources, such as were found in Kornsar, and the other four with non-persistent NHSSs. This may affect Salvation's choice of target, as he has previously favoured the persistent sort. If so, he's likely to choose one, or perhaps more than one, of Pleiades Sector PD-S B4-0, Evangelis, Honoros, or Shenve for his next experiment. And who knows what effect that might have on already rather displeased Thargoid fleet. Torval Mining has made its exclusive mining laser, the one with the long range and the fully engineered thingies, available for purchase from three megaships, the Pride of Bitterwood in EGM-559, the Champion of Commerce in Lagoose, and the House Ascendant in 21 Eridani. They're not available for credits. In addition to arsenic, rhenium and phosphorus, you'll also need to bring along 16 tonnes of osmium for each laser you want to buy which rather implies you already have a mining ship. In other news, the Alliance and Marlinists are working together to arrange transport for Marlinist refugees who've ended up stranded in Alliance systems to the democratic Marlinist colonies. The standoff between Orion University and the Scriveners' clan continues, with the university blocking the dredger's hyperdrives and the clan refusing to allow the university enforcers to board. Civil rights group Advocacy has said the Scrivener's clan should be protected under the laws that protect the inhabitants of closed communities such as generation ships, a position rejected by the university. And two star systems have been renamed. Dr K's heart and Dr K's soul will remain as permanent memorials to one of the galactic pioneers. With one-third of the Colonia Bridge complete, the Visit Colonia campaign is encouraging sightseers to flock into the region, bringing their hard-earned credits with them. Builders just like the bubble, but smaller and with less to do, Colonia was formed around the hub of the initially damaged Jack Station, a mobile station that attempted to jump across the galaxy but ended up getting stuck halfway. A group of enthusiastic commanders did some long-distance trucking and patched the station up nicely, and then decided not to go back home, living instead out of this truck stop 22,000 light-years from civilization. At the time, it was the only starport anywhere outside the bubble suit was a bit of an oddity. There really wasn't anything to do except explore a bit and hold town council meetings, so the inhabitants got to know each other extremely well. Over time, more folks started moving out to Colonia and the system developed suburbs. Except some of the folk who moved out later decided to move back to the bubble or retired. So some of those suburbs are pretty quiet now. Bit like ghost towns. Even so, there are now some wonderful facilities out in Colonia and the locals are rightly proud. There's a smart new fleet carrier factory and there are not one, not two... Not three, but eight engineers, seven of whom don't have a dungeon full of reanimated corpses. Coupled with enough densely packed stars for their light to flay the skin from your bones, even through a protective screen, Colonia really is somewhere to see. Once. Depending on your boredom threshold, possibly twice. And very soon, 
Once the remaining two-thirds of the Colonia Bridge is built, it'll be even easier to turn around and head right back to the bubble. A prominent member of the Imperial Senate has withdrawn his objection to the sale of vegetable-inspired headgear after it was revealed they were not, as had been believed, actual pumpkins, but were fully functional headgear suitable not only for looking scarily stylish, but for also maintaining a breathable atmosphere in a variety of situations, including on airless worlds, where breathing might prove difficult, where one to simply wear a crudely hollowed-out squash on one's head. The difficulty apparently arose because the skill of the designers was such that it was not immediately obvious from the front of the headgear that it really was correctly fitted for life support. It's only when you look round the back that the air supply lines, CO2 scrubbers, radio communications and jump assist umbilical and other necessary accoutrements for an authentic piece of space hardware becomes apparent. So it turns out that the pumpkin is a proper helmet after all, as is the senator who didn't do some search before denouncing it. But where will it all end? The reports that Manticore is working on a stealth variant of the Dominator for release before the end of the year. That will look exactly like a pine tree fitted with baubles. And Supertech is reported to be working on a version of the Artemis suit with improved jump capability that comes with an Easter bunny helmet decked out with whiskers and long floppy ears for release in April. Before either of these, Remlock is creating a Thanksgiving-themed maverick suit that looks exactly like a plucked turkey. And you'll never guess where the commander's head pokes out. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We wear the pumpkins so you don't have to. Let's <laughs> go. 